I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Time of Spirituality. Dun dun dun. That's the. Well, yeah. What's that, Daniel? What time is it? It's that time of the year again where I announce a new upcoming workshop. Well, actually, it's another workshop of the same nature of one that I did last year with my friend Gabrielle Alziari. So we're going to be doing another workshop with regards to accessing your intuition and connecting with your spirit guides. So the description is as follows. In this workshop, you'll have the opportunity to learn how to connect with your intuition and develop a deeper relationship with your spirit guides. We'll share a few intuitive practices that you can use on a daily basis and quantum healing and past life regression will be used to facilitate a space to clear out any intuitive blockages that you may be facing. And there also may be a little surprise or two. So that workshop will be taking place on Sunday, October 8th at 12 p.m. Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to last approximately two and a half to three hours. So just set aside three hours just in case. And I'm going to include all the details in the show notes. So we hope to see you there. Dun, dun, dun. So, for this episode, I'm, well, this little bunch, I'm releasing two episodes at the same time. One, because I'm going on a little vacation to revisit some past life places, so maybe I'll come back with some stories. So the next new episode is going to be three weeks from today, so I just figured, you know, let's just release two now. And also, these two kind of deviate from the typical structure of the show. I don't want to say it's... Well, you'll see it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I like both the episodes. I think they're really cool. I think there is some great insights and some great tidbits in there. And it really just deals with information that's out there in the world. And I find value in raising some potential red flags just for things to keep an eye on when you're out there going down rabbit holes. So I think that these two episodes will be very helpful in that respect. And another reason why I felt that this was the appropriate time to release these episodes is because for season four of Timeless Spirituality, the show is going to go in a more serious direction. Don't worry, there'll still be some jokes and some laughs in there, but it's going to it's going to get a little more serious for a while. So uh, just figured, let's get it all out of our systems now. And yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for the direction that the show is going to take for season four. Season five, look, I'm sure I'm going to come up with something completely different uh, in a good way. So I'll, I'll give you guys some more information in the coming months about season four when 
when the time is right. And in the meantime, I hope you guys enjoy the rest of my journey for season three as I continue to recapture the magic. So now for a little more on the two episodes you guys are about to listen to right now. The first episode was recorded back in October of 2022 with an energy healer by the name of Marnie O'Farrell. And, well, we were going to talk energy healing, but the conversation just kind of took a different direction because Marnie had some things that she wanted to get off her chest, things she wanted to share about the way that she viewed the world. And I just decided to roll with it because... I thought it was important for someone to have a space to express themselves in a safe way. And I really feel that I witnessed, well, I call it a magical experience because I could see Marnie's eyes lighting up as she was speaking to the world. So I just want to thank Marnie for being so courageous and for feeling comfortable to express herself in the way that she did because as we talked about, after the recording, that was a new thing for her, you know, expressing herself the way that she did and bringing up the subjects that she did in a public way. So I commend you for that, Marnie. And with that, for everyone listening, my question for you is, where do you feel that some magic would be created in your lives with something that you feel the need to express? So just, uh, Just think on that one for a bit. And the second episode is with my buddy, Edward Thomas, who I've had on the podcast a few times. And Edward took over as host for this episode. And we talk about, you know, some conspiracies, but in a very grounded way, in a way that I feel was the responsible way to go about it. And Edward did an amazing job filling in as host. And I was the interviewee. So I hope you guys enjoy both of these episodes and just go out there and find some magic in your own lives. So with all of that said, if you would like to book a regression with a me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the past life regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now it's time to begin. Welcome everybody to ET's Conspiracies. I'm here with Daniel G. He's been kind enough to let me uh, use his platform to, you know, just get comfortable with talking and whatnot and to talk a little bit about conspiracy theories. Cause I know everybody loves conspiracy theories. It's like, I mean, how could you not? It's just the, the mystery, right? But before I get into conspiracy theories, I have a question for you, Mr. Daniel. It's going to be similar to what you do to to us whenever we come on your show. You like to ask about the favorite song um, that has to do with time. So I'm going to ask you, uh, what is a conspiracy theory that you believe is true? Ooh, I did not see that one coming. I know. Surprise, surprise, baby. Oh, well, I, I when you asked that question, I was like, it's kind of hard one to answer, but I, it's simple. Kennedy. Yeah. Kennedy. The Kennedy assassination. Okay. I, I don't okay. believe. And when you say it's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I I you know, I guess what, what do you mean when you say true? What conspiracy do I believe that's true? 
Well, when I say true, I mean in a sense of it doesn't have to agree with us. It doesn't have to agree with the masses in the sense of what happened in the conspiracy sense, but more or less of, hey, I felt like this, this wasn't told the truth about. And I feel like there's more to do with it. Not only that, but I believe this is what happened. Yeah. The okay. President Kennedy assassination back in 1963. I, I don't believe that the the official narrative is what happened. I believe that there was more to it. Now, what was that? Your guess is as good as mine, but I, I just don't believe that the American public was told the truth about that. Okay, and that's about, and that's the uh, the fact that uh, Oswald, right? They say that Oswald did it, right? That's the mm-hmm. narrative that you don't believe, right? Correct. And what is what is the just a, a brief synopsis of the narrative that you believe? Well, I don't really have a narrative to be honest with you. Okay, that's cool. I, I don't I don't know what happened, but I just don't believe it was one person because when I learned about the official narrative, I remember it was in a high school history class. And granted, I don't know if it, it it was presented to us exactly the way that it was, but I, I do believe that it was the way that it was presented to the people, which was that a bullet, and please don't quote me on this, everyone who's listening, right. that a bullet went through, I believe it was the governor's arm, and then it like spun <laughs> around and then came out his other hand or something like that. I, it was, I, at least that's what we were told in class. It was, I don't know if that's what the official narrative was, but it was like, look, I mean, I'm not a forensic asp- or expert here, but I don't know. That that seems like a stretch to me. Granted, there were three networks at the time. There weren't many news sources. People trusted the news. And... Trust the news. <laughs> well, or just or question it. Because yes. if something seems to go against the laws of physics, now that doesn't mean that it's not a possibility. Right. It, <laughs> It just seems highly unlikely. I'll put it that uh, way. I love the words that you're using. Like everything that you said was perfect. Well, thank you. Yes, sir. The reason yeah. mm-hmm. I yeah, get you that that's because it it just seemed. I mean, I guess yeah. There was that word "seemed" or "seems." Mm-hmm. There may have been more than one person taking shots, mm-hmm. and then it's it's everything that happened after that. Right. Of him then being shot, was it in the police station after or as he was being arrested? It was something as, like it was some, as, Yeah, it was as he was being arrested. Yeah, he something was just around walked, those. Walked, yeah. Someone walked up and just shot him. Right, right. Yeah. Which is like, mm, okay. Not to mention you have to ask questions about the things that JFK was saying, was saying at the time, you know, speeches that he had before that. And speeches that he was planned to have after that and what was supposed to be said and what was already said. So, I mean, that also adds more to it, in my opinion. Yeah, like that's, I mean, I hate to to use a tragedy and then use the word fun after it, but that's where it becomes fun to go down rabbit holes. Yeah. So, rabbit holes aside, that's just where I want to stick with the whole bullet in the arm, out the other, uh, like, it, it's just, really really you know things that just seem a little too perfect and i think that's where 
the fun comes in with conspiracies mm-hmm. is looking at things that might on the surface just make you raise a brow. But here's the other thing is there is a term that's used in writing that only fiction needs to make sense. So sometimes real world events may be stranger than fiction. But now here's something else to think about with what I just said, that only fiction needs to make sense. So you can take that as you will. But sometimes things just happen. So I don't believe that it went down exactly as the American people were told. Right. But it could be. Right. I like that. Like you wrapped it up perfect because the fact of the matter is that like how you just stated, there are only so many news outlets for one. And number two, there's only so many information that they could have gathered at that time because they only had a certain amount of technologies. So with that, it's just like, first of all, it's really easy at that time as well to, to you know, lie to the public. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but at that time, it's really easy for the public to believe what comes out of the media because the media was so trusted back then. Mm-hmm. You know, not 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 just the media, but the government as well. So, and that's perfect because the fact is, you don't have to be a conspiracy theorist and believe in a conspiracy. You could just not believe the the official narrative. You could just say how what you just said. The possibilities of that happening seems impossible or slim to none. Now, there's other conspiracies that have other possibilities that have to do with the mob and has to do with other things. But at the end of the day, you don't have to put yourself down in one of those boxes. You could just say, hey, you know what? I just don't believe that official narrative. Now, do I know what happened? No, I'm like you said, I'm not I'm not a ballistics expert. Like I wasn't there. I don't know. You probably I don't know, but I don't know if you shot or have been shooting before, or shot a sniper rifle, or anything like that. But to make a shot like that, you have to be pretty, uh, I'm, I'm just saying, you have to be pretty badass. I mean, come on, like, there's people in the in the, in the the Navy SEALs that probably couldn't even make a shot like that. So you're saying you have to make a shot like that. Like, that's, I mean, come on now, that's like how you said. Uh, I don't know about the possibility of that happening, but, mm. but that's kind of how conspiracy theories go nowadays. Yeah, and... Something else that just came to mind, even around that time period, was the Gulf of Tonkin, Mm -hmm. which, from my understanding, was an event that helped pull the U.S. into the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. And my understanding of it also is, even in an official narrative, that it has recently been confirmed that it it didn't go down the way that that the people were told. No, of course not that we actually attacked ourselves mm-hmm. in the Gulf yeah. of Tonkin. Is that, I mean, everyone, please don't quote me on that because I could be receiving information that is not true. So I think that's another <laughs> that's good. ironic. <laughs> Wait, I think that that's, that's another good lesson when it comes to these things is what, what can you truly believe? Because how do you know? Cause like it could be part of a long con even to make us believe that the, the Gulf of Tonkin didn't happen when they said it did, you know, in order to to sow some doubt in, in one form or another. But I mean, I bring up the Gulf of Tonkin because I believe that happened in around 1963, mm-hmm. around the time of the Kennedy assassination. So right. it's also unfortunate that it muddies the waters because the government is not just one person. No. 
you know, there are many people that comprise the government. So, but we look at it as a single entity in the sense. Mm-hmm. So if one arm of the government is lying, then you think the whole body, right? So it's, it's just, we equate it to everyone. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I bring that up because even though it happened at the same time, let's just say that the Kennedy assassination didn't happen as the American people were told. It, it could have been two completely different groups of people who orchestrated these events. They may have not had anything to do with one another. They may not have even known each other. Right. But it's just, it's sad that we lose faith based off the actions of others, which, which is a problem that I think we need to restore our, our faith as a whole. But of course, the loss of faith doesn't come unfounded. True. So... You know, I think that that's what we also have to ask ourselves when these things happen, because I do know people who, whenever any event happens, will always jump to conspiracy, 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 conspiracy. conspiracy. and just create things, you know, because they're so distrusting, which I understand. But sometimes I think we need to take a step back. And I think we've talked about this before, how I think of, of we'll just call the conspiracies or conspiracy theories. Mm hmm. Like when you're playing baseball or softball, you know, when you're being taught how to play baseball or softball, especially in the outfield, when there's a pop fly hit to you, what you're taught is not to run to the ball. You're taught to take a step take back, step back. Yep. so you can look at the ball first and judge and see where it's going to go. Because if you take off running the second that it leaves the bat and goes up in the air, then there's a higher probability that's going to go over your head. So that's why I think still in these situations, it's important to take a step back first and mm-hmm. and evaluate and judge the entirety of it instead of just running and darting off and just right. absorbing everything right and that's the thing is just i mean you can equate that to everything in life people see something they immediately want to get it and not know exactly what it is i mean come on we have like for instance we have phones and we don't know exactly how they work but when the newest phone come out we rush to go get it but we could barely use 80% of the full capacity of this phone just because, you know, we're just so quick to go get it. But then, you know, I might've been a bad example, but I, I mean, think you, you could have done better with that way. I could have, I could It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. At the end of the day, you it's get, okay. you know, we're having fun. Exactly. That's all what it's about. But that's, and that's the thing when it comes to conspiracy theories, you do want to take a step back and look at everything. Like who's giving you this information? Who is the person that has to do with this information? What are all the parties that, are being told that are that have to do with the situation and then what is not being said. And the favorite thing I love to do with conspiracies, I like to look at the person that is being ridiculed for saying something against them or the person that is being ignored, that that is saying something against the main narrative. Because if they're being ignored or if they're being shut down for some reason, they saying something with a little, it has to have some truth with it. Now, again, you don't want to take any information for face value. You want to go ahead and acquire information from different sources. And then at the end of the day, you kind of got to put it together yourself because you already know, let's be real, the media is controlled. Like that is not a conspiracy theory. That is a, that is a fact. You can look that up yourself. All the news media outlets, they all fall under one umbrella because they all have to report the same thing. There's plenty of videos that show that they all report the same thing. You can match up the words, word for word, verbatim from different news places and different states and different times and different, all of this stuff. You know what I mean? So when it comes to getting that information, you definitely have to really use your best judgment. Well, you mind if I jump in there really quick? Of course, go ahead. 
So I think I know about the specific video you're referring to there. When it starts with a set of newscasters saying mm -hmm. one thing, and then they keep adding on more newscasters yes. on different channels, and then yes. they merge it together, and they're all saying the same thing. So this is where I think people also need to take a step back. Mm -hmm. Because I've seen a video like that labeled as, I believe, Project Mockingbird, which had to do with supposedly you know, controlling the media. However, right. what people don't take into account with that is those videos were all from um, channels or local channels owned by a, a corporation named, I believe, Sinclair, I want to say it was. I believe mm -hmm. it was Sinclair. I still, please don't quote me on this one because I don't want to be sued by Sinclair if not. Right. So it was, if that was, a, or we'll call it, not Claire, we'll call it Clareson. Claire, Clareson. Clareson, go. because I don't know for sure. So Clareson right. Corporation owns all of these independent channels, such right. as in your local markets, the channels that would be uh, Channel 5, Channel 9, Channel 13, uh, right. Channel 11, right. and e or even, you know, your 247 that aren't owned by the major networks, but still air their programming. Right. So this company came in and bought up a lot of these local stations because mm -hmm. they wanted to put a message forward. So that message is coming from a company and they, mm -hmm. are, they are controlling the narrative as they see fit. Now it's still a level of control and we don't know what control is exerted above that company because you don't know if there's someone pulling their strings, you don't right. know. But I think in situations like that, it's important to not just take it at face value when someone uh -huh. slaps a Project Mockingbird caption on a clip because those were all owned by one company right. as opposed to because there are other corporations that own local news. news stations. But all of those videos were specifically taken by that Clareson. Right. Local networks. Right. And, and and just like how you said, even though that's not every news outlet, that's a small example of, hey, this one corporation owns this many different news outlets and they have some control over what is put out. And I'm going to say some control just for the possibility that they don't have 100 percent control. But mm -hmm. I mean, we know how business works. And if you're if you own something and you have billions and billions of of let's just say billions of power, billions of money, then you can do these things. You can control specific outlets. I like to think that they kind of put it in our faces with movies and shows because there's plenty of movies and shows that we've seen where there's like a specific episode where there's like a journalist and they just stumble upon something that's groundbreaking. And then they're like, oh, I have to report it. I have to bring it to, I have to bring it to the, the lead news editor. And the lead news editor looks at it and he's like, nah, we can't report this. That person asked why. And he said, that's above your pay grade. Things just like that. Just a small example of the control of information. Now, there's the other side that's control of information that comes from people that post about conspiracy theories because they want attention. Probably because they not have attention, they've not had attention in their lives. They're probably some some prop some person in high school that got picked on or something like that. Not not talking about them, but in the, just in the sense that someone that feels like they need this attention from a lot of people. So when they see something comes out, then they automatically attack it and say it's a conspiracy theory. And then they come up with their own narrative where it's just like, you can't believe 100% of what they're saying either. 
just because they're coming from the side that is so-called the truth, that doesn't mean that they are not biased. And that's the problem that a lot of people, they just take these things face value. Just like you said, with the, with the, with the news video, some people probably didn't understand that that was one company that owns just those, those specific news channels. They probably thought of it as company owns all the news channels and this and XYZ, they probably took it to the far extreme, but you did your research and you saw, Oh, Clarison does own this many places of news that, that brings out news, but they don't own all of them. And, mm -hmm. and you can't, you, again, just because they don't own all of them, that doesn't mean those that they don't own are good, but it's just letting you know, again, that's a small example of how information is controlled. Well, I think, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all just like I was talking about earlier with muddying the waters. Like mm -hmm. if you have some people who may even have good intentions, you know, the, the conspiracy pushers out there, Right. There's, a, you know, the term confirmation bias, where if that's the narrative that they're out there pushing, then they're going to look for whatever they can out in in the world to confirm what they already believe to be true or mm -hmm. what their audience wants to hear. So exactly. that person may may have seen that video without doing their research and then just went, you know, but their channel was talking about this project Mockingbird. Mm -hmm. And then they went and slapped that caption on it and put it out there to the world because right. it was a confirmation bias of, of saying, see, I've been right. I've been telling you that the media is controlled, you know, that the government controls the media. Here's the proof of it. See, they're all saying the same thing. So it may not be coming from a nefarious place necessarily. It's just human conditioning that right. they, you know, there's a need to be right instead of saying, I don't know, because that's the other thing. Exactly. A lot of times you'll talk to them and the words I don't know aren't in their vocabulary. And that's but, how you know that they'd be biased and they'd be on that BS, you know, because it's just like, all right, like you can't know everything. Like no matter how much research you do, you cannot know the truth. You just can't because you're not there. But mm -hmm. you can make an accurate assessment over what is not true. And that's the that's where you need to go. Don't go to what you think is true. Just make sure you rule out everything that's not true so you don't get hoodwinked. It's not about exactly. knowing what's really happening. You'll never know what's really happening. I mean, hell, you don't know what, like, you don't know what, what your mom's doing right now because you're not there. And your mom could tell you something that she's doing. And you could still be like, oh, okay, she's doing that, but she's probably not telling you everything. Not because she wants to lie, because she don't need to tell you everything because you're not there. So you won't know and at the end of the day, like, why even try to figure out what the truth is. Let's just make sure we ain't being lied to. You're coming up that's with some all amazing it. examples to. I know that probably wasn't the best one. Well, <laughs> well I mean, I'll, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh -huh. it's just last thing with the the Clarison video. Yeah. Just because it's not part of a, you're necessarily part of a a government program to propagandize and control the masses, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that it's not wrong for a corporation to come in and buy up a bunch of channels to push their own narrative. Right. That, to me, seems wrong. That don't seem wrong. I mean, that is wrong. Because at the end of the day, if you're controlling the narrative, you're controlling the minds of other people. Because mm -hmm. mind control goes on very different levels. And right. when you're getting specific information from specific people and you trust them, that is mind control. That is manipulation. Mm -hmm. Regardless so of think, how you want to look at it. And it's wrong. I think that's also where some of this gets muddied even further because of some of yep. the extremes of, you know, government mind control operation, this and that, which do I believe that those are possibilities? 
Yeah. I mean, no, that and, you know, the, and the whole church committee in the 1970s. I don't know if we'll get into that or not, but that's neither here nor there right now. But anyways, <laughs> you can just look at something and say it's wrong. It doesn't right. matter what group is behind it. It's like, you know, the whole left wing, right wing thing. Mm-hmm. Just because you're on one side and and they do something wrong doesn't mean you just blindly stand up for it. So that's fine because the other, you know, the or the what about thing. Well, what about them? What about the other side? The other side yeah. just, well, what about them? You don't just call a spade a spade. So mm-hmm. I guess that's still a thing is because I think because the God, I use that term again, the, the waters get so muddied that a lot of people will automatically tune things out when they right. hear the extreme. Uh, right. Like, so for that Clarison video, it's, oh, it's a government mind control operation. You're going to lose people right away because we're like, oh, this is a bunch of bullshit. Exactly. Whereas, so if you bring it back to, let's let's follow the money. Let's mm-hmm. just, you know, right there, yes. the core of it. <laughs> there's, it's, there's a better way, an easier way to connect with people who will who will tune out the crazy. And you mm-hmm. can still just call a spade a spade and be like, this is wrong. Right. It's wrong. Just because it's it's legal doesn't mean it's okay. And no, so, you know, it right. goes the other way also. I hate to say it. Some things that are illegal, that doesn't Aren't mean that, that they're wrong. Right. That's just the way that the system is set up. Right. I mean, so everyone, then, take a step mm-hmm. back and look at these things first before you run and you, know, or you go chasing after the ball. No, it's very true. And another thing that muddies the waters, and this is more on the conspiracy theorist side, is that nowadays we have this technology that let's the, the algorithm. If you specifically look up certain things, this algorithm will continuously put these things in front of your face. So that also applies for those people that are on the conspiracy theory on the conspiracy theory side mm-hmm. that continuously go to the very same outlets that they go to for everything. Where it's just like, well, how do I know that the algorithm isn't just putting what you want in front of your face? Because that's what it's there for. Opposed to you going out of your comfort zone or going out of your sources to look at other sources to see where this information is coming from. Because at the end of the day, if you, like you said, follow the money and then just do your research on those people, then you'll know what's really going on. Or you'll have more of a gist in a sense of, oh, this person owns this company and he has this going on in his personal life or whatever, but he wants this narrative to go this way because what he did in his personal life, if he makes it go the other way, it's going to make him look bad. So he has to alter this narrative so at the very least he doesn't look so bad. You know, mm-hmm. things like that. One yeah, thing there, I want... there are real human emotions here that are at play. Exactly, exactly. And you got to, we got to, you know, we have to be aware of that because well, a lot like of people just take it face value. You even brought up the algorithms there. Mm-hmm. And... It's like I have my my Instagram for my business, my social media, and then I have a personal Instagram also that I, I mean, never post on because, well, I don't like social media and I only use it for business. Well, that that's that's not fully truthful because I if I'm going on social media, even if it's on my personal account, what I meant to say is I don't post for right. recreation. I don't either. So, I mean, why I bring this up? is because if you look at my business account and the algorithms that are played there, and then you look at the personal account, those are two completely different echo chambers. Yep. If those were two different people, they would be two people living in completely different worlds. Mm-hmm. So if you're only aware of the one echo chamber you're in, 
then you're not going to get anything from the outside world. Exactly. Because it's just you repeating yourself. Exactly. And you're just continuously being fed. Like, you know, for, for the business account, if it was just one person living in that world, they would fullheartedly believe that we were all going to send come the August 8th portal of whatever year you're listening to this. Or the right. 8-8 portal. Uh, you know, it could be 2024, 2027, 2029. That person in that echo chamber would firmly believe that. Right. And if the other person, you know, in the other echo chamber had somehow heard of the 8-8 portal, they'd be like, huh? What? <laughs> well, it would just be so far from, them, from their radar. But the reality of the world to that one person in that echo chamber. So we leave it on the 8-8. Right. Because that they're constantly reinforced with yeah. with those images and thoughts and ideas. And stories. Yeah. yeah, because that's what they look for, and that's what the algorithm is there to do. So that's another reason why you can't take it face value from either side. You actually have to do your own research. And again, like not about being scared. Just be prepared. Get the information. Do what you think you need to do, and just continue to live your life. Like. Ain't nobody coming after you. you. You know, you find something out, don't get scared. They're not going to come get you. They don't care. You're not, you know, you're not doing anything. But yeah, that's that's just what it is. One conspiracy I want to talk about, and it, <laughs> uh, a lot of people are talking about this uh, submarine thing. And I'm just like, there's so many things that's with that where I'm just like, you know what? I don't believe the full narrative. But I, I can't say what it is. I definitely don't know. All I know is that these people got on a ship that they knew weren't wasn't safe. Like they knew this. The guy literally had a, a game controller to control the whole submarine. Like I'm just I'm like, I'm in my head. I'm just like y'all are billionaires. Like y'all are explorers. Like y'all are adventurers. Like y'all have done things. All of them have done things to to validate their knowledge and expertise in exploring. One of the guys he went to the Titanic plenty of times. So in my head, I'm just like, but they got lost. How you get lost if you already know where you're going? That's like me getting lost, like to go home. It's just like I know where I'm going. Like, and I'm like, yeah, I know it's the ocean, it's a big place, but again, like there's one guy that was with them that was an expert in the Titanic and has been there a couple of times. I'm I, again, I feel sorry for their families that you know that they passed and whatnot, and it's sad. But there's definitely more to go with the with the narrative. Now again, I'm not Maybe. saying, may, yeah, yeah, yeah. May, uh, no, nah, I'm. I, I like to say that there is more because the news never gives us all the information. Well, wait, wait, wait. but there's a word you use there. I think it's important to point out because you used Ooh. the word definitely before. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay, so I'm gonna take that word out. Definitely, I'm gonna just put it like this. I feel from me thinking logically from the information that I have been given, that there is more to go with this story that we're led on to believe. Now, what it is, I have no idea. There's conspiracy theories about them finding some catacombs underwater and they live there now and they live in Middle Earth. There's another one that says that they, they were running away from some secret society that they're a part of, so they had to go down to kill themselves or something like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even gonna feed into none of these conspiracies. Because I don't know. This is just one of those conspiracies to where you have to say there's more to the... I believe that there's more to the story. Again, I do feel sorry for these gentlemen and their families. At the end of the day, there's... I believe that there's more to the story. 
Is it anything nefarious? No, I don't think it's anything nefarious. And that's another thing when it comes to conspiracy theorists, it's always going to some nefarious means when sometimes it could just be, they don't want to release the truth because it could just shut down their company or they don't want to release the truth because it could release some other truth that would get some, some, their family in trouble. You know what I mean? Like it's not always nefarious. Sometimes people just don't want to give the whole truth just because they don't want to. Like, and that's okay. want to get sued in this circumstance. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. But at the end of the day, they have their own reasons and it's not always nefarious. Even if it's just like, oh yeah, we want to, we want to control the narrative so we can make more money. Okay, cool. You can say that's nefarious. I could say it's not cool, but I wouldn't say it's nefarious. I wouldn't say it's evil. I say it's greedy, yes. But you know, when it comes to these conspiracy theories, we can't always think that it's something evil. We can't always think that it's some some secret cabal of people that's controlling everything and just saying, hey, we're gonna do this and this and that. I do believe in distractions. I do believe that they put things on the news, big things on the news to capture people's attention to where we don't pay attention to what's going on in another realm of the government or in another realm of the planet to where if we were to pay attention, it would be a, it would be a problem for some people. Like for instance, they've done things where they've placed distractions on television, but then while this distraction is going on, they're writing new laws, and no one knows about these new laws because they're not. This is true. Yeah, like because they're they're not filming, and well, it's not that they're not filming the new laws. It's just that all the media outlets are looking at what everybody wants to see, whatever the distraction is. You know, as I've brought up on my podcast many times before. You know, for all the astrology lovers out there, I am an Aquarius rising with four placements in Taurus. So, you know, that that Aquarius rising part of me is the one that's like rabbit holes, rabbit holes, rabbit holes. And the, the Taurus part is like, stay grounded, stay grounded, stay grounded. Mm-hmm. So with all that Taurus, that's where I usually go in these situations first is to the grounded place of asking myself the basic questions of the why Yep. And just thinking about human nature. And so with what you said, it is true that it seems that things happen to be past mm-hmm. when yes. when events like this happen. Although, oftentimes, well, it's not oftentimes, the way that the American political system works is that there are these think tanks that basically write bills and laws mm-hmm. and then they hand them off to either representatives or members of the Senate and have them put their names on them in, in order to bring it in front of the Senate. So a lot of these things are already ready to go mm-hmm. and the wheels are already turning. And there's also an expression in politics, which is never let a crisis go to waste. So <laughs> I love it. I love in a it. situation like this, would mm-hmm. I would I go to the extreme of orchestrating event just to pass something through? No, it's, it's always a possibility possibility you're right yes 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 however i think in a situation like this it could just be capitalizing on an mm-hmm. event where there where eyes are in another place or where the news and media is so focused on this one thing that you could pass this egregious law yep. and no one's gonna be paying attention because everyone's looking over here now again it, it just could be because they seize upon the opportunity yeah to, of course to push something through and, you know, there there are other things that you were saying. Is it okay if I comment on that? Of course, about, please. So a lot of those things that you were bringing up, of, and you even, I think, acknowledged that it was just absurd. Some of the... 
Yes. Like it seems like a lot of a lot to great lengths to go to to to, to do this and that. And so probably not possible. Sure. But unlikely. And I mean, still, I go to that place of greed, you know, of of greed, of of slapping together a submersible that probably has no business going down to those depths because it was just shoddily put together because someone wanted to save a buck. And unfortunately, I think oftentimes we just place our trust in people who we believe know better than us. So, and again, I, I don't know a whole lot about the submersible disaster. And, but from what I've heard, one of the higher ups of the company or the owner was on it. Right. Yeah, I the company's so. called Ocean Gate, kind of like Pizzagate when they had the thing, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, all things <laughs> like really, that's like that's all in the nose. But I think from a trusting point of view, people would would see, oh, the owner of the company is is going down, so it must be safe because why would they put their life at risk? I think that's just a logical thing because why would someone want to put their own life in jeopardy? Right. I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, this is where I go to asking these questions of why would these adventure seekers be so trusting? And to me, if I were in that position, I would probably think the same thing. I'm sorry to say it. As, as much as I like to give myself credit, I would probably jump to that place of, okay, maybe not. <laughs> they, they had three uh, failed attempts as well on the submarine. They had three failed attempts to try to go down. They had to come back up because they had complications. So again, I mean... So again, I, I yeah, I, yeah. I think it's it's difficult to say unless we're in that position. But here's the one thing I will say about all this: mm-hmm. Do I believe that this could have gone down exactly as it happened? Yeah. Do I think that there was such a heavy emphasis placed on this because it was a race for a rescue, as opposed to say the migrant ship that sunk off the coast of was it Greece around the same time, where there were hundreds of people who went down with that? There, there's just, I hate to say it, there's a sexiness angle to a story when it's a race against time. So there's a heavy emphasis placed upon it. Of course, near this historic landmark, the Titanic. Which and, is like, why would you even go down there, though? And just the, the parallels of it. But, you know, in, in these circles, there are some certain numbers that are brought up often. Mm-hmm. Since I don't want to be putting information out there again that I, that I don't know to be factual... Let's just say there is a number from one to nine that seems to appear a lot in these situations, <laughs> a prime number. Yeah. And you have James Cameron, who was the director of Titanic. Mm-hmm. And I see so frequently that they are discussing the amount of times that he went down to the Titanic. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that makes me wonder why do they keep bringing this number up? Now, I don't understand numerology. I will say that. I don't understand the power that numbers have. If there is a cabal out there, oh. I don't understand the way that they work. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I do. Right. But out of every single number in existence, there just happens to be this one number that seems to pop up a lot, not only mm-hmm. in events like this, but also 
in movies and TV and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that everyone's a part of it? No. It could be a coincidence. It could just be. It could be. It could probably not, but it could be. <laughs> yeah, I, that, I, word, I, that word coincidence. See, I think that word coincidence is a scapegoat word. Yeah, but it's it's always a possibility because it's not. Since we don't know, we don't know the inner workings of all of this. We don't know how those numbers slide their way in. And it could just be that this director happened to be responsible for one of the biggest movies of all time and happened to be an expert in the field and someone with some practice in being in front of a camera and speaking on behalf of these things. Also someone who holds the record for going down solo in the Marianas Trench, which is mm-hmm. the deepest the known deepest place known in earth. Place. Again, I'm going to say deepest known place no. on earth. Right. Because as it stands today, that's what we know. Right. There could be a deeper place that we haven't discovered yet or that we haven't been told. We can't, or we can't reach yet. Exactly. So deep is known because things change. All the time. So there are reasons why this person could be brought up all the time. And it could just be that they use that number to say that this person has experience because they have went down over 30 times so they they have somewhat of an expertise but you gotta wonder why the number is brought up so much in these circles and it just happens to be put out there again it could just be i don't know definitively i can't stress that enough but these are the things that again it's like i didn't use that word again being in the outfield and taking a step back and looking at the ball and waiting and judging where it's going to go. So the judging comes in. You're, you're looking at all the variables and not jumping to conclusions. Mm-hmm. And then asking at the end, where's it going? I'm waiting. I'm not running to it. I'm waiting because if I run, the ball's going to go over my head. Right. Very so true. that that's just what I'll say because I, I don't know enough about this. But that's what we're – I'm like, huh. <laughs> Hey, look, I get you. Wait, wait, one more thing I do need to say, though. Mm -hmm. All conspiracies aside, though, Mm -hmm. anytime a life is lost, it's it's tragic. And and, And I think that's what needs to be also taken into consideration in moments like this, because I think that a lot of times, and and this is not Edward. I just need to make that clear. I'm not talking about Edward right now with what I'm about (laughs) to say, that I just don't believe that people take into account the human cost that lives are lost yeah so there is a human toll here that people don't take into consideration at least i don't believe they do and you're you're right about that and the sad thing is that i so i can understand why people overlook that and it's mainly because it goes back to that that the muddiness of the waters and I mean, you could say pun intended right here. I mean, hey, they went down deep, deep. Now they passed, and it is very sad. On the conspiracy theory side, a lot of these conspiracies equate to them not dying, mm-hmm. which it's it's pretty messed up because there's a lot of times where there's other conspiracies that would equate to someone either planning their own death or faking their death and going somewhere else. 
and it's it's very it, it's sad that we don't trust the media that much that we have to go to such lengths to say things like or it's sad that some people feel like they have to go to such lengths to say things like that without just giving the fact that hey look I'm not I don't know what really happened and I do feel sorry for these people that passed even though I have these thoughts or opinions about what really happened as it stands, they said this happened. I'm sorry for their passing. Even if I don't feel like they did, people don't acknowledge that. And that's kind of, I, I feel like it's messed up because it's like, at the end of the day, that's why I say like, I'm very sorry for the family as well as I'm sorry for them for passing because at the end of the day, regardless if we think it's a conspiracy theory or not, they're hurt, mm-hmm. they're gone and their families are hurt. Regardless mm-hmm. of how money, because I've also seen comments of people saying, oh, they're billionaires, they'll be fine. And I'm like, no. Money does not take the place of a person. Like no matter how much money you have, you lose somebody, that person is lost. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, it's a very uh it's very cruel because they they put the the thirst for truth above a human life, which you can't do that. Like that's just that's that's where I believe conspiracies, they they just take a turn to the to the wrong direction because it's like okay like look i get you don't believe that they may have passed but you do have to acknowledge the fact that the masses they think that and you have to respect their thoughts because if you don't respect their thoughts how are you going to have how are you going to expect anybody to respect your thoughts when you're defiling or disrespecting people that have passed regardless if you don't believe it passed or not regardless if you think it's a dumb way like you must respect that you know what i mean and as a conspiracy theorist, like I again, I can see how you go over that, but we have to we have to stop and like how you said, take a look at the bigger picture. Like, yeah, these people passed away and it's very sad. And you know, God bless them and their families. So it's one of those things where you do we, we do need to acknowledge that. So another thing that I feel about conspiracy pushers, and this is not all, but some. And this is also based off of conversations that I've had with some because there was an interview I did on my podcast that I haven't released and it may never see the light of day because I think it just went a little too far. Mm-hmm. And it became evident to me that there was no conspiracy this person didn't believe in by their own admission. And I believe that was simply because it's easier than looking inside. Yep. It's easier to to put a control mechanism on the world and think that there is something that's, and I'm not saying that there's not something that's in control, but it's easier to say that there's a reason my life is so shitty and it's not because of me. It's because of an outside force, which here's another thing we do need to call out. There are systemic issues that we have in our society. Of course. Like let's call a fucking spade a spade here. I'm white. Edward's not. Right. You know, I, I would be, you know, a fool to say that that doesn't give me certain luxuries. That as people still look over that. I still, I'm right. Like, okay, I'm sorry, but that that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is. I'm sorry for anyone who doesn't want to believe that, but it's like I don't know. If this is the direction that we were going to, you know, take it that you wanted to, but I don't believe that there's anyone out there who isn't racist in one form or another. Right. I I don't believe that I'm a bigot. But that doesn't mean that I haven't had racist thoughts. You know, yep. it, it's just or prejudiced thoughts. Yeah, I think prejudice would prejudice be more is, long. Yeah, yeah. Racist is more of a hate, but prejudice is more of just the way you see somebody based off of the things that you've been fed about them or your personal experiences. And when you're prejudiced, it's not 
that you hate this person or this race. It's just, again, you've been scarred. Like, for an example, and this is going to be the best example because I haven't been doing that good with them, but there are women that like to say, oh, all guys, well, let's say let, men and women that like to say, oh, all guys are X, Y, Z, or men that say, oh, yeah, all these girls are for the streets. When it's just like, like even though it had, that's 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 racist. That's that's prejudice against a specific genre of people because of something that happened to you or something that you see. Because you see a, a certain amount of women that are freely and they go and do what they want and they have as much sex as they want or whatever you want to quantify it as. Now you say, oh, all women are like this, which is wrong. Just mm-hmm. like all men are not dogs and cheaters. Just like all police officers are not bad. Just like all black people are not gangbangers, all white people are not KKK. Like you, you, you can attach any race to any stereotype. All people aren't like that. And again, that's where that prejudice comes from. And I honestly, I believe that that is now like so tied into society, to where now like people make jokes about it, which is like it's a good thing you make a joke about it, but it's also a bad thing because it's not eliminating the prejudice. It's just putting a funny hat on. So where it's just like, all right, like, like you have these prejudiced thoughts, which is not right. Let's just say I know someone that didn't like some people only because of things that happened, but all it took was for that person to meet that same race, but just in a different light. And now that person doesn't think that anymore. And it wasn't that they hated these people. They're just like, oh, no, I don't really like to be around them like that. You know what I mean? And me being, I was like, hey, I get you. I mean, hey, that's that's because you've had your experiences because in your past, these people have hurt you. And you didn't ask for any pain from these people. So I get it. But you can't quantify all that pain for everybody in that same genre. So that's what, so I get where you're coming from when it comes to the prejudice. And yes, it is d- deeply embedded into the American system. I mean, America was bred off slavery. I mean, even before they came here, like it was slavery and stuff like that. So yeah, you're right. So I mean, I, I really wanted to bring that up because there are some mechanisms of, of control that are still in place. Whether or not they are written in law, there are control mechanisms. And, you know, even societally, there are some groups that, yeah, it, it, like some people got it better than others. That's yeah, it. That, that's a good way to put it. Like some people got it better than others, but at the end of the day, like everybody has that quality that they're just a little bit better than, than another genre of people. And that's just is what it is. Some people are good at a specific sport. Some people are good at a specific subject. Some people are good at specific things. Now that doesn't mean everybody is because they're part of the genre, but that's just kind of how it falls sometimes, you know? Well, I guess this is also a good example of how I'm doing my best not to fall into confirmation bias, where, you know, I was saying that I believe that a lot of these people are always saying that the boogeyman is outside and there are all these mechanisms of control because they Mm -hmm. don't want to look at what's inside. Mm -hmm. If I was going to solely say that, there's no mechanisms of control. That's the confirmation bias. So it's me acknowledging at the same time, oh, no, there are still mechanisms of control that, that may take away from my argument, but... I have to look at tot- or the totality of it. I have to take that step back and say, if I'm going to acknowledge this, I need to acknowledge this, even if yes. it's going to take away from the point that I'm making. So back to the point I was trying to make. <laughs> no, you made it. You made a great uh, point. Well, I get you. I mean, I just, I believe that that's the case, that it's it's easier to look outside instead of saying, someone bullied me when I was seven or mommy or daddy said a mean thing to me when I was 11. Yeah. So 
I'm going to go out there now and be a warrior mm -hmm. and take down the system, you know, mm -hmm. break free of the matrix, you know, break right. down the evil corrupt system because it's easier to do that and to get people to rally on your side and hold you up and prop you up on a pedestal, as you were saying earlier, yep. than to go to therapy. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that there aren't problems out there, though, and that sometimes we do need voices out there. But I think it's always important to ask yourself, why are you doing something? Why are you so into this thing? Why mm -hmm. are you putting so much time into that? Me personally, when I had, you know, my quote unquote, like spiritual eye opening experience or spiritual awakening, whatever the hell you want to call it, I just call it a time when I just started to see the world differently, really. Yeah. I dove down rabbit holes because there's this other thing that happens when you start to open your eyes a bit, which is a lot of pain comes up. Oh, yeah. And it was much easier for me to dive down rabbit holes than to sit with my pain. Same. It was easier to do all that. So, of course, I did the easier thing. Mm -hmm. Now, it was important for me to have that time in my life because I do think it it helped me see the world in a different way and to ask questions that I wasn't asking before. Right. But that was also a time when I wasn't taking a step back and judging where the ball was going. I may have not been running straight towards it, but I sure as shit wasn't leaning back. I was just kind yeah. of like, ooh, 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 ooh. Which way is it going? Which way? Instead of just being and, uh, cool and calm and collected with my glasses on. You know, right. my shades and, and some zinc underneath my eyes. <laughs> but that's fair. At the same time, only because you had just started seeing the world differently or you mm -hmm. just started to see what really happens. You, you grew up mentally or spiritually, whatever you want to say you grew up in, but mm -hmm. you started to see things for what they really are, in a sense. And when you start seeing things, the same thing happened to me. I was introduced to things when I was in high school. My cousin gave me a DVD. It's the Zeitgeist. It was about. I remember that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everybody remembers that one. So it was about 9/11. It was about the Financial Reserve, and it was about religion. Now, at the time, at my age, I didn't understand the religious aspect too deeply. I got the 9/11 part, which we're not going to talk about 9/11 because that has been so beat badly beaten and battered. It's just like, okay, let's not talk about that. Not to mention, that's one of the other things that people just forget that like a lot of people lost their lives, mm -hmm. which is just like, you could talk about how conspiracy theory it was all you want, but let's let's give respect to those lives that were lost. And it was very sad, you know, regardless of whatever you think happened, those lives were lost and you must respect that. But yes, the Zeitgeist, that's what had me open my eyes a bit more. And then I was like, okay, what's this about? And I started to look at everything and, I again, I was in high school, but it, it gives you that feeling of power in a sense like, whoa, I'm finding out what's really happening. Like I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm seeing, I'm this. And it kind of does turn you into that that warrior or that truth seeker or that 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 neo, the one. Like you kind of get that feeling a little bit. But then again, like if you do that for long enough, you're gonna start seeing that, hey, all these conspiracy theories kind of they they kind of they kind of they kind of be out of there sometimes you know what i mean like you got to really really do your research so it's like again like when you first get into it and you start opening your eyes yeah that's cool to be like that but then you got to take a step back like hey wait a minute i can't use these conspiracies to try to make myself feel better when the only thing that can make me feel better and complete is me now yeah congratulations you see what's really happening in the world 
chill out, take a step back. Let's figure yourself out. Because once you figure yourself out, you, you're going to look at conspiracy theories differently as well. You're going to be like, well, I see where they're coming from. And then you're going to be like, uh, it kind of doesn't make sense, though. Because then you don't have the need to be that warrior. You don't have the need to feel like you need that that power to continue to search for the truth and then let people know. You don't feel the need to have to be that guy on a soapbox. You're mm-hmm. just like one of the people that look like, okay, like you, but you, you, you essentially become awareness and you see everything that's happening, but you don't react, which is the best place to be. Because at the end of the day, no matter what conspiracy you find out is true or whatever thing you find out is false, you can't do a damn thing about it. We can't rally up the people and get everybody together. And I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just everybody is on so many different wavelengths, not to mention information nowadays. You, you Nobody can agree on anything. Like, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is, you know, and it's okay. But at the end of the day, you got to really take, like you said, take that step back, look inside yourself, notice what's wrong with the system. And then you have to notice what's wrong with other people. Because you can look at somebody and be like, hey, this guy's speaking the truth. But wait a minute. What angle is he coming from? Because he sounds hurt. He sounds Mm -hmm. hurt. He sounds like he's saying this, but then lo and behold, find out he used to, he he doesn't like the corporation of Walmart. Then you find out he used to work for Walmart and they fired him and he's just salty about it. Mm -hmm. Just for an example, you know what I mean? So it's like you have to look into these people that you're getting this information from. They could say that they're all, they're good and they do this and they do that. But at the end of the day, they, you only see them when they allow you to on social media, on YouTube. You don't really see them. You don't really know them. So you can't take what they say face value. You have to do your own research. Take a step back. Take a chill pill. Just look at it. You don't even got to make a judgment. Just look at it. You feel me? So it's like that's 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 definitely what it is where it's like people definitely need to just, you know, take a step back. I had to, and it, 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 it was the it was the best thing that I did because I was one of those people that look at something and say, Oh, it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy. Hey, you got to watch out for this. Hey, you got to watch out for that. And people literally people were looking at me as I was crazy. When I was an electrician, they were like, Oh, yeah, that guy's crazy. And it was like, yeah, some of the stuff I was saying was true. But then again, the way I was going at them, first of all, was wrong. Cause I came at them like they were wrong and they didn't know. And I was, I knew this and I knew that, but they were like, bro, like, that's cool. Go, go put in that outlet. Like I told you. And I'm just like, all right, man, you're not listening. And it's like, yeah, cause they don't care. So that's another thing. Like you have to really just, you do your own thing. You can't, you're not that spiritual warrior. You're not Neo and that's okay. You be Neo in your own way. It's funny that that person I was telling you about, they compared themselves to Neo frequently. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, one other thing that you said that made me think of that conversation that I had, it was a three hour interview. Oh my. It, yeah, it was, it was something. Uh, at the end of it, when I was asking about this particular conspiracy that they, they made their identity, I asked, you know, to what ends Mm -hmm. and in the way that it was put to me was, this is the way out. So, you know, my question then was, so you're telling me the only way for me to be free is to believe what you believe. And this person firmly believed it that I had to believe exactly what they believed because if I didn't, then I wasn't seeing things clearly. Now I had to constantly remind this person that I was a past life regressionist because they kept accusing me of towing the line. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Do you know what I do for work? Uh, yeah, that guy. Do I look like guy. an accountant to you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, anything wrong yeah. with accountants, but I'm like, I'm a past life regressionist. I, like I see things too. Not only that, I, I, I did not take the conventional route. 
So right. just by very definition, I'm not towing the line there. Right. Very true. And because of the profession that I, I'm in, I great. I, I, I look at things differently than most people do. So I have to believe exactly what you believe in order to have my house open, like kiss my ass. Yeah. But I was very kind and civil about it. But I think, you know, one last thing, you know, you brought up the movie Zeitgeist. And it made me think of really what started to open my eyes was back, I believe, it was in 2010. Up until then, I used to go to CNN.com every morning to read my news. Mm-hmm. And on that homepage, there was one morning when I looked at every headline and I finally just said to myself, there's nothing of substance here. Everything was garbage. And I said, there must be something going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. This is a big world. This is a major news organization, and they don't have the resources to snoop out one story of substance. Yeah. There has to be something more. And that's kind of what led me on that that pursuit of just looking at other news sites and just looking and seeing what else was out there and seeing like, oh, there is shit going on in the world that's real. You oh, know, there yeah. are people that, that are hurting out there in, in things that aren't sexy. You know, yeah. there is real pain and struggle out there. And I couldn't believe that I hadn't been seeing that and understanding it. So, you know, it's like even one that I'm ashamed to admit that I will admit right here and I will accept responsibility for it. But at the same time, I, I do put a little bit of the onus on the media mm-hmm. because I wasn't as free thinking as I am now. Mm-hmm. Once Obama was elected in 2008, mm-hmm. I thought that racism was dead towards black people. Yeah. In that moment, I actually believed that. I actually thought we come to a place where we were, we were past that. Of course, it only took me a few days to realize that that wasn't the case. Yeah. But also you got to think of the media landscape at the time. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much social justice that was out there in the mainstream news at the time. So stuff I, was happening. They just weren't saying nothing about exactly. So I, I didn't. A whole know. bunch of racist. A whole bunch of racist stuff was happening. Like nobody was saying anything about it. And on the right. flip side, when Trump became president, a lot of racist stuff was happening. Yeah, exactly. They kept posting I, it. It, okay. This is where I'm gonna give myself credit. It only took me a couple days to realize after like, <laughs> I had that thought. You know, once the Republicans came out and said, we're not going to let anything go through right now. No, no. Hey. Forget the whole political party thing. But I'm saying it, it was because I wasn't seeing stories of racism because it wasn't sexy at the time. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say as much as there has been more awareness that's happened in the last couple of years, which is great. Mm-hmm. I think there is a level of sexiness to it. And you have to ask, like, you know. Like, I think at the end of the day, as long as the message is getting out there and there's a spotlight being put on it, but also if there is financial interest behind it, you got to wonder, like, who's who's benefiting from this? And I don't believe anyone should benefit from someone else's struggle. Right. And that that's I think it just circles back around to conspiracies. And yeah. just you got to ask yourself, you know, who benefits yes. from this narrative on either side? And and I think. It's also okay to say, I don't know, and to have those moments. You know, still not to prop myself up on your pedestal, but I've said some things that are not so nice about myself, but I think it's okay to acknowledge, yeah, I have my prejudice moments. Yeah, there were a few minutes there where I thought that racism was dead in America. And 
and that I had my eyes closed for a long time. But there's no shame in saying that because I think it's about where you find yourself now. That really exactly. matters. Exactly. And it's okay to grow and evolve. And I think with that also, it's important to not beat up on people who who finally start to see the light, whatever that may be, because I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there is some objective way to measure that in one way or another. But, you know, if someone if someone is a racist, but then they start to see, you know, the quote unquote light there and they they want to change their ways, don't beat up on them for being a racist in the past. Yeah, no. Don't if do that. they're actually moving in a direction for the right reasons, give them a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, you have to because they try. They they're literally trying and they're right. growing. And you can't you can't you can't judge somebody for being a seed just because now they're starting to sprout and you're like, well, you used to be a seed, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you can't judge somebody for the mistakes that they've made because they didn't know. People only make the best decision that they can make at the time of what they know. What they know. Exactly. So like those members of your family who you've been trying to get, like not you, Edward, necessarily just anyone who's listening, those members of your family, you've been trying to open up their eyes to something and they maybe start to see it a little bit. Like don't beat up on them for not seeing the totality of it. Just encourage them for stepping outside their comfort zone and acknowledging some things that may be painful truths because, you know, I was in my early twenties at the time when, when I started to open my eyes a little bit more. And I can only imagine how much more painful that would have been for me had I been in my early 30s or mid 30s. I can only imagine how painful that would be if I didn't start to open my eyes until my 70s because mm-hmm. my whole worldview up until that point would you know would just be rocked around it, right? So I I think it's important also to take those things into consideration that you're in these moments, you know, people have a way of seeing the world and if they've been seeing it away for a long time it's it may be difficult for them to see it in a different way and if they start to it's going to be painful so just be there to support not to beat up on them yeah and on that note don't overload them with more knowledge don't get too excited to where you start bombarding them with other things because all that's going to do is confuse them that's going to get them uh that you're going to confuse them and it's just going to get them on a road to where they can't you know they they're feeling afraid to go even further or they don't know. So you have to give them that time. Just like you said, just be with them. And, you know, just, just, you know, get that information, get your own information. When they ask for more, you give it to them. That's about it though. You know, I'll cheers to that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But that is going to be it for today. I think we covered some really good stuff when it comes to conspiracies. Like really the main thing was just to know not to take anything face value on either side of the media or government per se, nor on the conspiracy theorist side. You have to do your own research. You know, when the ball's coming towards you, take a step back, assess the situation, and just prepare yourself to catch that ball. Prepare yourself to get more information. And, you know, just keep on being positive, keep on being loving, and, you know, don't be scared. That's the worst thing you can do is be scared. Don't be scared. But y'all have yourselves a great night. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you, Daniel, for allowing me to use your platform. It was great. I loved it. We should definitely do more. I'm in. Thank you for a great episode. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yay. (laughs) Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. 
just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a session with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com.